Christy Kay. Welcome to Business Life After Hours, a podcast that takes a deep dive into real-life topics at the intersection of business and life. After the workday ends, that's where we pick up. Our topic on this Business Life After Hours podcast is Calm Down, Breaking the Stress-Worry Cycle. This podcast episode is for any person who is finding it difficult to manage high levels of stress, who's keeping all the balls in the air, is finding it hard to slow down and relax, and for those who need strategies for a calmer, less stressful work and home life. So who better than my Business Life After Hours guest? She's one of the top psychologists in the country, a stress expert who knows through extensive research why we stress in corporate America, what we stress about, and how to slow it down and relax. Dr. Lynn Bufka, the Associate Chief of Practice Transformation at the American Psychological Association, is here with us. Welcome to Business Life After Hours. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an important topic. Well, we're so glad you're here, and goodness, you must be on overtime these days. I'm guessing that um, I feel better. I know already that you're here. It's like helps on the way, so we're glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I mean, I think this is so important to be able to help people think about how to navigate the world that we're in right now so that we're not overwhelmed uh, because we're not going to be able to do what we want to do and, and live the lives we want to live if we're feeling completely overwhelmed by all the things that could stress us out. Oh my gosh, 100%. And as you say that, I'm thinking, okay, we stress at work, we stress at home. We can't sleep, we overeat, we undereat, we juggle, we race around, we try to please everyone. You know, we're overwhelmed with these world issues and the economy. And you calm everyone else down and you help us all as we navigate some of these really difficult moments. So how are you doing in your world? You know, I work at it. I work hard to um, keep a good foundation for managing the world that I'm in. I, I focus on maintaining connections and, and helping my relationships be strong. I'm very diligent about regular physical activity to the point where I just get up in the morning and I know I'm putting on the exercise clothes and heading out with the dog. That's just not even up for debate. I'm very good about getting good sleep. I'm not as good on the nutrition side. I definitely need to work on that. But I'm paying attention to those habits that just keep your body healthy. But then I work on other things as well, recognizing, trying to recognize when I do feel overwhelmed and trying to understand what's causing that feeling and what I can do about it or if there's things that I need to try to change in my environment in order to feel less overwhelmed and able to, to cope and manage with what I've got going on. Oh my gosh, 100%. And we have such busy lives. So living this life of stress over the long term is bad. <laughs> so what is stress actually and why do we worry? Yeah, so stress and worry are, are related, but they are two different things. Stress is essentially when the demands placed on us, whether by others or ourselves, outweigh our capacity to respond. So when we're faced with stress, we can work on trying to reduce those demands in some way, or we can try to work on increasing the resources to meet the demands, or we can look at how do we modify our response to whatever it is that's stressing us out. And that's where worry fits in, because a lot of times we get worried or anxious about these demands and think that if we can't handle it or if we don't do it perfectly, 
some bad thing is going to happen or we set ourselves up for perfection when we probably don't have to be perfect all the time. But if we've got our brains thinking we have to be perfect all the time, that's going to make us feel overwhelmed also. So that's a key area to try to change how we're responding to the world around us. So that's such a great point. You know, that old what if thinking, I have it all the time. But do we condition ourselves to be that way and to kind of bring that worry and stress upon ourselves? And are there uh, some of us who are maybe more likely to be affected negatively by worry and stress than others? Sure. I mean, we know that some people are more predisposed to feeling anxious and stressed than others. There's just sort of differences in how we're hardwired from day one. And okay, you, let me ask you this. Is that genetic? Sure. There, there are, um, whether it's genetic, I mean, there's sort of the question of how much is it genetic, epigenetic, all of those aspects to our, our underlying biology, but there's an innate aspect to how we handle the world around us. But that doesn't mean it can't change. We know that how we are nurtured changes how we respond and how much we get activated by things that are challenging around us and that we can learn even as adults different ways of responding and modifying how we think about the world around us and how we take care of ourselves. So it doesn't mean that genetics have written us off and we are just doomed to be stressed forever. But it does mean that for some people, they're going to perhaps be you know, get their feathers ruffled far more easily than other people. Mm-hmm. Now, can you say that that would be sort of a male versus female thing, or is that not really um, accurate at this particular juncture when we're talking about all these other stressors that are coming into our lives with the, you know, with the world around us? It's really hard to say, right? And so much of what we know about how people function and behave we can't really separate entirely the the nurture part of it from the nature part of it. So when we look at male-female differences, we know that women often report feeling more stressed than men, and how men and women respond to stress differs as well. But how much of that is how we are socialized to behave, and how much of it is from the very beginning? That's very hard to parse out for sure and like you said too our roles you know our roles within our families our roles within the world moms and dads you know whichever one is running the carpool the whole onus of schoolwork especially during the pandemic exactly you know kids moving off to college which is its own stressor um, you know, helping manage our own kids' mental health versus our own mental health so you know I feel like some of this is you know are we lacking coping skills So women do a lot of the emotional labor in households, whether it's thinking about what kids need to take to camp or managing family members' health visits and making sure everyone gets those scheduled. That's a stressor that's often not even recognized or labeled, but it takes some of our mental resources and our time to manage that. And so that may be part of the busyness that people feel in their day-to-day lives. They're not even recognizing that that's part of what's happening. Mm-hmm. So is this a situation where we could learn better coping skills so that we can thrive? Because, I mean, I can tell you right now, I have multiple girlfriends who are living in a, a ball of stress. I mean, and, and I don't think they even recognize it anymore because it's become their norm. So how do we better cope? 
Yeah, there's so much that we could do in this in this realm. And I think part of it is trying to recognize how much of this, the demands and the busyness and the stress, do we have some control over? Do we need to be busy all the time? And depending on where people live, they may be in areas where you get defined by your work role, your professional role, or get uh, where your kids go to school and how they're performing winds up reflecting on us as people as well. And we may buy into that in some ways, maybe not intentionally, but we sort of feel that happening. So one of the key things is to begin to pay attention to where, what kinds of things are stressing me out so that we can begin to make decisions about, do I need to really be in that space? Do I have any control over that? And part of how we can cope with it is begin to appraise the situation. Perhaps we need to look at it differently. Are we putting self-imposed demands and expectations on ourselves? Do we expect perfection in everything that we do? Is that realistic? Do we really have the capacity to perform at that level? And if we can change mentally, how we're thinking about it, and that's coping. If we can change mentally how we think about the world around us and our role in it, we can get to a better place where we're feeling less stressed about the things that we need to do and what's happening. So we could talk about lots of different ways of coping, but mm-hmm. there's a part of the beginning part of it is just getting that self-realization about what around me really seems to contribute to my stress. And what kinds of things might I have some control over in terms of how I respond or what I what I do and how I take on the world situations? Such a good definition of coping. I've really never heard it put that way. And that's really clear for for those of us who are, are struggling with, you know, what is it that we need to first start doing to begin coping and getting a grip on being able to relax a little bit more and, and diminish some of the stress. But I'm thinking about you, Dr. Bufka. You're a success-driven person. You have, um, I'm sure, stress in your own home. How does the um, a psychologist who's at the American Psychological Association deal with everyone else's stress and then not really let it manifest yourself? I mean, I think your role, you're, you're probably one of, if not the most important kind of role for those of us in America right now who may be struggling with, with, you know, with mental illness or mental health situations. So how do you do with all of that? Yeah, you know, it's not easy. There, I, I have to be conscious about how I choose to live day to day and sort of overall. So I do try very hard to think about what I agree to take on at work. And I realize not everyone necessarily has that uh, determination and autonomy to say, no, I can't take on that project. Yes, I can do that one. So I think that's part of it. You know, to the extent that I have some control over managing the kinds of things that are asked of me and what I can do really does help. But sometimes things get really crazy. And I do a lot of things to manage that. As I said, I really keep my foundation strong. I try very hard to maintain routines because when I have a routine, I don't have to think about what happens next. My routine is I get up, I go out and get exercise. I don't have to think about when I'm gonna be active because I know it will happen first thing in the morning. But I also work really hard to disengage from work at the end of my work day and do something with my husband or my son if he's home. We'll take the dog out. We walk away from work, whether it's our home offices or what's in our brains, and spend time together and focus on what's important to us. 
and those daily routines really help me. But if I'm feeling really overwhelmed, I do more than that. I will do things like take a break. And I have been known to um, just look outside and appreciate the plants that I can see. I really, nature's really important to me. But we can do other kinds of things. If our brains are firing, you know, a million thoughts a second, try to do something different and disconnect from that. Whether it's smell some flowers and notice how beautiful the aroma is or a scented candle or do something different with our sense of touch so that our our senses get engaged differently, that can sort of disrupt the busyness that's in our head and the mental churn that's going on in a way that might allow us to come back to whatever it is we're working on with a little bit of a refresh. I love that. We'll do things like that as well. That is great. And I, I like that you're engaging the senses differently and really just shutting it down. Uh, something that I've been known to do, and my friends and family would, would acknowledge this, is I've been known to just go off the grid. And it might be something as simple as at nighttime, I turn off all notifications. And unless there's you know a family member I kind of need to keep in that, you know, keep apprised a, a of or kind of stay in touch with through the evening of a sick family member or something. But I'll go off the grid, I'll shut my technology down, and, you know, maybe have fun, laugh, find a fun friend and go do something. Uh, I feel like laughter has really disappeared from some of our lives because this routine that you talk about becomes disrupted. Then all of a sudden the calendar gets so full and we lose sight of really what life is about and kind of enjoying those daily moments. Oh, you said that so well. I think it is so important to pay attention to where do we find joy and purpose, both of those things. Uh, I I'm 100% behind shutting down and turning off. I try very hard to shut down my laptop at the end of my workday. I don't use my personal phone for work emails. I don't get online on Saturday at all if I can help it. Uh, I try to make sure I'm not connected to screens. And, and that's you know one of the areas that can be overwhelming for me because so much of what I do is based on screens. But then I also try to figure out what really gives me satisfaction and joy? And we know that when we have work that makes us feel purposeful, that helps. It's a great so, point. That is such a great point. And for all the moms listening, we have to develop some kind of a mindset that says we are going to put ourselves first. And for the dads, too. Dads are doing a lot of this work as well on the home front and, you know, balancing work and life for moms and dads coming back home and saying, okay, wait a second here. I really need to shut down for a moment um, and put myself first. But life isn't getting any less complicated. You know, kids are getting older. Some of the situations we deal with with our families are getting tougher. So being able to unwind a little bit more and really bring in perhaps some positivity, that has to be important as well. Oh, it absolutely is. And one of the places that we can do that is to just try to be present. How many times have we caught ourselves checking messages on our phone when we're with our family? Our family doesn't want to know what's happening in our work messages. They want us. Uh, No phones at the dinner table, right? Exactly. No phones at the dinner table. If you're going to your kid's event, put the phone away and watch what your kid's doing. Oh, you're hitting a nerve here. I've seen it many times. Yes. Yeah, and so trying to be not dwelling on the past, not 
anticipating what's coming next or worrying about the future, but really being in the present helps us to be less stressed, but also keeps us connected to the people we care about, which helps us manage stress when it does get worse. And, you know, I feel like part of what you're saying is just habit, because so many times people pull out, our, myself included, we pull out our phones just to check, just out of habit. And if we just mindfully and intentionally said, you know what, no, for this soccer game, for this basketball game, for this band concert, I am not going to even look at my phone. In fact, maybe I'll leave my phone at home. But that's really hard to do, and that takes a lot of intention, and that takes a lot of almost habit-breaking at this point. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. It is definitely a habit to have our phones with us all the time. I mean, how many of us don't wear watches because we just check the time on our phone? So then you check the time on your phone, and you see you've got three new notifications, so you check those out, and then suddenly, 20 minutes later, your phone is still in your hand. You've gone down the rabbit hole, and now you can't break from it. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So make it a little bit harder. Don't make your phone quite as accessible. Turn off the no- the notifications that mm-hmm. aren't essential. Now, this is great. So, okay, so when it comes to tactics to reduce stress, it might be something as simple as maybe starting with a deep breath in car line when you're dropping the kids off. But, you know, there's mindful meditation. There's progressive muscle relaxation. There's yoga. Um, sometimes I find that those things are enough, but other times I feel like maybe when I participate in those things, maybe they're not enough because something in my life, perhaps it's a, a, a potential, um, an acute situation that has come up, whether it's a family member or a health situation or whatever it might be. But um, it's very difficult to remain positive, to remain calm. You know, I'm choosing to try to do those things, but sometimes those uh, situations really pull me out of that. When that happens, when things start to occur that maybe turn the corner and my heart starts racing, I start having a little bit more of a panic feeling. Uh, there might be, you know, sweating or, you know, worry. What what do we do at a time like that? If there's something that is occurring that we really suddenly feel like, okay, this is starting to get to the point of not necessarily insurmountable, but it's pushing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really important. Are we? We could be being faced with something that really is a crisis that requires a response and we have to come together to figure out what it is, how to do it, how we're going to deal with it. That's part of life. That will happen. There will feel times when we're overwhelmed, uh, whether it's getting, you know, a health news that you weren't expecting or um, some big project at work has to happen and you find the resources to do it. But when it becomes over and over again, We've got to step back and figure out, what am I doing? Sometimes that's going to require reaching out to others, building our support network, finding somebody who can give us a different perspective, can help us think about things differently, can provide some relief. Sometimes it's actually just getting some relief. Paying someone to clean the house, if that's what you need to do and you can afford to do it, may take some of that pressure off in a way. But sometimes we have to talk to a professional who can give us some skills really tailored to our particular situation and needs and where we have have deficits and need to grow. So there's a range of things that can happen to really help us continue to navigate through everything life's throwing at us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I don't think there's necessarily, I don't know the answer to this, but is there a right point in in this sort of stress cycle that we would consider 
pharmaceuticals, CBD, some of these things that you hear about that people say this really would help the situation. Is there a point where you kind of say, eh, this is more than I can handle and I need to really consider uh, something, you know, a different strategy that might be a little more, um, a little stronger, if you will? Mm-hmm. You know, and I would certainly put psychotherapy in that same category. You know, uh, whether it's CBD oil or medications or psychotherapy, those um, are certainly medications and psychotherapy you're going to get from a professional who has expertise in that area who's going to help figure out with you what kind of strategy might work and be beneficial to you. And I would suggest that it's when people are feeling like, I, I just can't do this. Mm-hmm. It's too much, and what I'm trying isn't working and I have tried different kinds of things, or I'm just not functioning in the way that I normally function. That's a really important indicator of, of it's time to do something differently and to really step things up, perhaps. So reaching out to a professional to help me get past this. So, that so I that's can the first return. step. The first step is you reach out to a psychotherapist. Do you think that's kind of pick up the phone, make that call, uh, research who's in the area? How would someone really, what's the first step when you say, this is too much? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it, it's hard, right? When we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, mm-hmm. the last thing we think we can do is figure out how to find a therapist. Exactly, right. That feels completely stressful and overwhelming. Um, hopefully, you've got some support network in place, and maybe you can talk with somebody and say, here, I'm thinking about doing this. Have any ideas? How Can you help me figure this out? Um, see if somebody can help you do a little searching with that to figure that out. You know, lots of people start with whatever their insurance covers and start within their networks there to find somebody or ask a trusted healthcare provider that they see on a regular basis if they have any recommendations. But really, most therapists, most psychologists are going to be pretty good at helping somebody who's feeling stressed and anxious because that's what the majority of people come into therapy talking about. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's a lot that can be done professionally to help people in that area. So finding a connection is going to be the important place to start. I really like that. And you know, sometimes when we're in a calm state and we're not really in that crisis mode, maybe it's worth it for us to do the research then. Find If we ever need this uh, therapist, if we ever need uh, a situation to be managed, like a crisis that could come up. You know, we know our parents may be ill. Uh, if this happens, then I have this plan of action. I feel like sometimes just knowing I have actionable, actionable items and a plan makes me feel mentally and emotionally better. Oh, me too. Me too. I mean, if it was up to me, we would all have somebody who's a mental health expert as part of our healthcare team. We have a primary care <laughs> so provider. True. Right. But that person's not expert necessarily in mental health. But we don't go to see that person, the primary care provider, all the time. We see them for regular visits or when there's health issues that we need attending to. It would be great if that was connected to our mental health as well, that there was sort of somebody we knew we could check in with when we needed something. And Mm -hmm. you see that in some systems, but most of the times that's just not something that's routinely available, but I think it could be so beneficial to so many people to have that checkpoint. A hundred percent. Well, and I know, Dr. Bufka, as a psychologist yourself, we've talked about how you have worked kind of uh, remotely during the pandemic, and with all of these things like COVID lockdowns, you know, exacerba- maybe exacerbated by underlying stress or social disengagement 
that might lead us to fear, anxiety, depression. What do you do when there's loneliness or isolation or kind of like life logistics that really take us down a path of maybe not feeling so great? How do you yourself handle this and you know when we're thinking like oh my gosh this is not what I signed up for (laughs) yeah I'm a talker so I will talk to people I have a a good support network with colleagues and I realized with the majority of my work being remote at this point that there are certain colleagues I don't see as often so we've set up times in our schedule for checking in we have a there's five women in our group that we have a little happy hour we don't necessarily actually have anything to drink during it but we set it up every month or two so we can just sort of check in and connect because we aren't seeing each other regularly that's been very helpful for me uh, to make sure that that's a routine part of my life and I'm also really connected to being outdoors and gardening that's become a real passion for me and one of the things that's been so wonderful about it is when I'm in my yard putting new plants in or managing the garden other people will walk by and tell me how much they enjoy seeing it which makes me feel good about what I'm doing right connected to my neighbors I love that that is so great Uh, now I want to talk briefly about our kids teens preteens young adults trends for them aren't necessarily good when it comes to anxiety depression even suicide so where do we begin to shift to perhaps a more positive lifestyle or mindset and how you know, how we can help them break their cycle of worry. Because for me, that's part of my worry is the kids of this world and the young adults and how they're doing. Yeah, it's been really difficult the past few years in terms of developing the kinds of, of capacity to deal with stress, right? You know, for those of us who've uh, weathered the pandemic, who are older, we've dealt with tough times before and have a sense of what might work for us and what doesn't but for young children for teens this is for many of them this is sort of the worst thing they've ever experienced with no sort of trial where they've had to develop some skills before Mm -hmm. and a peer network that's equally overwhelmed which really makes it so hard because they don't have the ways to just lean on their friends because their friends are feeling stressed and overwhelmed. Wow, I never thought of it that way. That's such a great point. So they're all in it together and no one's really able to have that skill set or those coping skills necessarily to help the other. Yeah, we definitely have seen this. So one of the things there's in psychology, we call it social emotional learning. It's something that ideally children develop but we're seeing that that doesn't always happen and is it because of uh, disconnection in neighborhoods and people don't spend as much time children don't spend as much time in peer groups having to resolve differences or they're running from one event to another for whatever reason it's happened there's efforts to bring more of that kind of psychological emotional learning back into schools where there's opportunities for kids to develop better language around emotions, to recognize emotions, to learn some strategies for coping with emotions. So we need more, I think we need more of that in schools. But what does that mean that we do with the the young people in our lives right now? That's a really important question. And and there's things that we can do that you you and I can do and that as a society we can do. 
So is part of that fun, <laughs> like laughing again? I feel like, again, I said this earlier in the podcast, but just remembering that it's okay to laugh. And sometimes I just, I'll connect with a, a, a an old friend who is like a funny friend. And when that laughter hits us, it's just like the best feeling in the world. And I realize, oh my gosh, I don't have enough laughter in my life. Yeah, having fun is a wonderful way of connect. We connect with people when we're having fun. It's good for us physically to laugh. It means that we're doing things that aren't stressing us out, that we're enjoying, and there's so many wonderful things about that. And inviting the people in our lives to share those experiences with us, to to make those kinds of things happen, is a great way to help people have a different kind of emotional experience, to feel good about where life is for the moment, and perhaps provide a somewhat different perspective on everything that might feel overwhelming. So unfortunately, we've come to the end of this Business Life After Hours podcast, and I am truly, I will say, less stressed now, though. In fact, I feel pretty calm, and I'm guessing our listeners do too. So Dr. Bufka, give us a takeaway nugget, if you would, to leave our listeners with as it ties to our topic of calming down and breaking the stress-worry cycle. You know, it's important to remember stress is going to be part of our life. That's, we can't avoid it. We will feel overwhelmed at times. But we want to remember that it doesn't mean we're powerless. You know, I work hard to, to have an attitude of self-acceptance. So I try not to place unreasonable demands on myself. I try to take a realistic approach to work. And I try to do, keep the basics of taking care of myself in terms of sleep and activity. But we can also do things more active like disconnect from work in important ways at the end of the day and look for joy and purpose. So even if something feels demanding, we can approach it with thinking about it as a challenge that we can address and that I'm doing so for a reason that's important to me. I love that. And I feel like I have a takeaway nugget too, a couple of them and many of them actually, but I feel like we must ourselves and for ourselves, for our health, kind of intentionally identify and then try to halt that worry in its tracks and really have a goal of relaxing and intentionally try to relax because we can have fun again while we're still being productive and we're keeping the stress and the worry in its place. Absolutely. So that doctor, sounds, oh, go ahead. That sounds terrific. I love it. So if Business Life After Hours listeners would like more information on your work or if they need help with worry and stress reduction, Dr. Bufka, as well as the American Psychological Association, where can they find it? You know, the American Psychological Association has really put out a lot of information about stress over the years. And in fact, when I just go to our homepage and type in stress, there's a whole page of resources connected to really good articles about stress at work and how do we cope with our kids or how do we help our our teens manage stress. So I think that's a great place to start. And then if people are interested in the ongoing surveys that we do every year called Stress in America, that will pop up in searches easily as well and give us information about how the rest of the world seems, how the rest of the U.S. seems to be handling stress, what they're doing to cope, and give us ideas for how we can perhaps approach things a little bit differently and manage that stress a bit differently so that we're feeling better. Thank you, Dr. Lynn Bufka, for this therapeutic podcast and for getting us back to a calmer place and for all the strategies you've given us to feel back on track and less stressed at work and after hours. Great to have you on Business Life After Hours. Thanks. It was fun to talk with you. Find success by your own definition at your intersection of business and life on my next podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Christy Kay.
Business Life After Hours is hosted and produced by Christy Kay. Audio engineering production and editing by Chris Pfeiffer. Be sure to join Christy for her award-winning television series, Business Life 360, the third Thursday of the month on WGTEHD or at WGTE.org slash B360. Business Life After Hours is a production of WGTE Public Media. Thank you.